Welcome, everyone, to a community of culture, the gay perspective. It's our second episode, and we're here to talk about the community once again. Uh, we're going to talk about civil rights, media representation, people of color in the community, and privilege within the gay community. But before we get into all of that, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Otis Sevagaro, your host here. And with me, I have Ernest, Brandon, Brianna, and Philippa. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Yep, doing Good. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Ernest is Ernest is joining us for the for the first time. Uh, for this episode, he wasn't on uh, week one, but it's always good to more voices the merrier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, we can definitely get a a diverse perspective on the things that we're talking about. And speaking of diverse, I guess we'll go into civil rights. Uh, talk about civil rights in the gay community. About how you know some states you're not allowed to adopt. Uh, the biggest one is marriage. Uh, just get right into it. How do you guys feel about that? Um, there's definitely a lot of focus on marriage as well as, uh, of course, adoption, everything around the whole civil unions versus marriage. I think there needs to be a lot more focus, too, on health care for people within the GSM community, um, especially with uh, with trans people and even with, within homosexuals, queer representation. Like, there's a lot that needs to be... Um, a lot that could be improved on as far as health care, um, the workplace safety, stuff like that. So it, the civil rights issue as far as the GSM queer community extends beyond just getting married. Um, as with any oppressed group, it's it's all aspects of, of life, not just can I have a, a legal ring on somebody's finger. And you also got to tackle how in over half the states, you know, you're legally allowed to be fired just because you're gay. Like if your employer Mm -hmm. finds out you're gay, it's legal for them to just say, oh, you're gay. Okay, sorry, you're fired. So that's another big aspect of civil rights. You know, generally the the community likes to co-op kind of these heteronormative ideas like, you know, oh, we're going to focus on marriage. We're going to focus on adoption. There's like these other things that they don't really tackle as much as they probably should. As he mentioned, in some states, it's even illegal to be gay. It's like in the Constitution, like I think Texas, I don't know if it's changed, but I think in the Constitution of Texas, it's illegal to be gay. But I think marriage is a great door to open for civil rights. I think it's a great start for the community. It's definitely, like they said, not the only thing we should focus on, but it definitely puts the door where we want to start. I mean, we're not there yet, but by the time all states legalize marriage, I think then we can take steps to, you know, advocate for healthcare, advocate for all of those other things. But it's def- I think it's a great step. It's not the definite step, but I think it's the right step to begin this movement. And homosexuality is no longer legal in the United States. Am I correct? I think that the Texas Constitution actually says that no, it's illegal to get married. Oh, sodomy, sodomy. sodomy. Which can be very loosely interpreted. Right, which, I mean, the original definition was any non-reproductive sexual activity, Mm -hmm. which, honestly... Hasn't stopped any of us. It's not just, (laughs) you know, one kind of sex. There's a few kind of sex, kinds of sex that fall into that. Uh, But I honestly think that marriage is definitely a step, uh, but I don't think it's a great first step because... There have been multiple states, uh, most recently Kansas and Arizona, that have actually tried to pass laws, and it has passed through one or more parts of the state legislatures where these states are trying to make it legal for business owners in the public and private sector to say, we don't have to serve you because you're gay and that violates our religious beliefs. So so serving you would violate my religious beliefs, which is an infringement upon me, so I don't have to serve you. And I think that's kind of a step backwards. I mean, this is kind of, it, it was leading the way into segregation and a lot of people actually were kind of recalling Jim Crow laws and how it was it does recall those in the mind. It, it yeah. was vaguely resembling of those. And, you know, some people get very, very, very upset um, when people compare the gay civil rights struggle to the black civil rights struggle. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I I do recognize 
that those are two very separate things, but they are similar in that we are talking about an entire group of people being oppressed who has been oppressed for centuries Mm -hmm. and they're just fighting for basic human rights and there are parallels and they are distinctly different and I recognize that but the fact that it almost was legal for people to say no you can't come into my place of business because you're gay I mean that's that's incredibly that's just a step backwards no matter what way you look at it it is dangerous yeah can I ask you, so if you don't think marriage was like the fir- the best first step, what would you think would be the first step? I mean, the first step, I feel like, is the most fundamental kind of things. Like, gays can use, can, gays can go into the same store as everyone else, which is the most fundamental thing. Um, you know, because uh, even in the, uh, the whole black civil rights movement, the first step was desegregation. And that's what it, and honestly, the, the fact that there's been moves towards segregation of like gays versus straights or any gender sexual minority versus uh, the majority, uh, that's definitely a step backwards. So the first step is to actually take that step and make it where they are not separate and then we can work towards equal. What kind of segregation are you talking about? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like right now when we go into a restaurant, you don't get seated like yeah. at a gay booth. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I go into I a restaurant or a that. store and I get treated as a normal yeah. person. It, my sexuality doesn't come up until, if, if it even comes up, you know, like that has nothing to right. do with the kind of service the, and that I get. And in those cases where you mentioned where people were being segregated, I think it was because of the move, the advance of the civil rights movement, you know? I think it was just kind of like a step. But I understand, like, I, I, what you're trying to say. I just... So more like discrimination in the workplace that we're yeah, talking about, discrimination. Like no, it was yeah. literally going to be legal for a business owner. Oh, but oh, it's, it's not currently. No, yes. it's, it's okay. not it was going. To, they were trying to take that step is what yeah. I'm saying. They were trying to take a step okay. towards segregation. Yeah, but I think Ernest was asking, like, if because you said you don't feel like marriage is the good first step so you've asked what would be a good first step. I think that the best first step is going to be just equality in the workplace. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then from there, because... Replace the school system? Yeah. Good lord, there's some bad stuff there. I mean, Otis. Okay, so, this is is awesome. Um, (laughs) Philippa says that's not a great first step, because we're going to talk about the racial civil rights as well, too. Mm -hmm. But Philippa says it's not a good first step, um for for I guess civil rights with marriage and, and the gay community or GSM community. Why do you think marriage is a first step, Ernest? Why do you think it's such a big deal to the gay community that this is why everyone harps on? Because I feel like I kind of side with you and I have my reasonings, but I'd rather hear it from your perspective. I feel like marriage is actually the next step. I, I, I know there's still some discrimination against homosexuals in, in the community in general, but I feel that in our time and the people that we surround ourselves with, most of the time people don't really, like when you go into a place, I don't think they segregate you or they try to segregate you just because of, the, I mean, there are obviously, there are places where that happens, but I think it's very, it hasn't happened to me yet, or I haven't seen it happen to someone very, you know, often. And I, I mean, I, I know it happens. I'm aware of that. But I think if we if we focus on segregation, that's like that's like taking two steps back in our community. I think in order to be accepted in society as we want to be accepted, we don't have to like segregate ourselves, as you know, mm-hmm. you do, like segregate. As far as within the community? No, we segregate ourselves from, from from heterosexuals. I feel that whenever I go to places, I don't, I don't, I, I haven't never felt segregated like she was trying, or like never been refused service for something just because of. necessarily segregation, but more like just discrimination, which doesn't, yeah. hasn't happened often to me. It's happened to me on occasions um, where you, you do not feel comfortable disclosing um, that you know, yes, I have a girlfriend or something. You just mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable disclosing that because you don't know how they're going to react. Um, it, where was I going with this? But definitely, yeah, I guess more like discrimination rather discrimination than segre- so segregation. I yeah, say segregation, segregation because she mentioned the, the laws yeah. that were going to pass. 
And I know that's a horrible thing. I mean, it's yeah. going back, you know, years, years into history. But I think once we get marriage to be seen as something that we are all allowed to do, mm-hmm. then it's easier to step from there. It's a stepping stone to okay. all the other things that could be achieved. Because it is, it is. I think it's repeated through history that once you are able to get a family or like a, like some something no, to prove true. that that yeah. like yeah, if people true. are able to see that me like and as a homosexual I can form a family and raise you know responsible citizens then everything else will come. That's and true. marriage also entails. Um, as far as with taxes, so many aspects work benefits, of community. health benefits, yeah. and I think that's a big, that's a really big thing. Not just saying, oh, look, mm-hmm. I can legally put a ring on somebody's finger, but also I can treat them as my spouse and get the same benefits that a a, a heterosexual spouse. Or oh, not even receive. heterosexual, just another person. Yeah, just you know, person. just yeah. another person in this world. If I'm if I'm able to do this, then I feel like with marriage, then that opens so many more doors that we can explore. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was trying, I was hoping that you guys would say. I think Philippa is right to an extent in that, I think segregation is a strong word. I think discrimination. And the thing with discrimination is it's always gonna happen. I mean, for black people, it still happens. For gay people, it's still always gonna happen. For women, it's still always gonna happen. Yeah, it's always still, discrimination is always gonna happen. The only way you can root that out is just, you know, just trying to get people to go, you know, think a certain way. But I think the reason why marriage is such an important and vital big step for the gay community is because it brings normality. Okay, yes. It it brings a a sense of, you know, you have a family. You're able to file taxes together. Health care, you can adopt. You you mentioned it perfectly, is that you're able to show people you can form a family. You You can act like a normal, you know, how, how society portrays as normal. And I think that's why it's such a big deal in, in my, you know, in my head is that like, I, I think that's, that's where it comes from in my head. I don't, I don't know. It looks like Brandon has something to say. <laughs> um, you, you're talking about discrimination and the point that we're making is it's legal discrimination. Like, of course, discrimination is yeah. always going to happen, you know, black people, you know, Latinos or whatever. But when it's a legal sanctioned form of discrimination, mm-hmm. that's where we have a problem. Um, and then you're talking about bringing, you know, quote unquote, normality into the community. And I always just find these respectability politics kind of dangerous, where we're trying to, uh, you know, like, show our best face to straight people, like, oh, look at us, we could be just like you. You know, the same yeah. thing happened with black people in the early, early, like, 19, not 19, 20th century, where they were like, oh, we can make it if we show white people, like, white oh my washing. gosh, we can be just like you. Look, we can wear our hair like this, we can talk like this, we can dress like this. And I just think that that's a dangerous uh, uh, thing to set. You know, we should, should uh, aim to be, you know, just exactly who we are and if people don't like us for who we are then you know they have to address that within themselves we shouldn't pander to other people's opinions of what normality is i just think Mm -hmm. that's dangerous um i feel like if you look at the states that do have um legal marriage rights for homosexual people if you look at those states i am almost certain that most of them had made it illegal to have workplace job discrimination mm-hmm. against um, homosexuals before yeah. they actually reach that step. I feel like that is actually a step that just naturally comes before. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way it should be necessarily, but at the but I mean definitely uh, if you look at any of the states that have legal marriage rights, it's very probable that they first legalized or rather illegalized discrimination in the workplace. But that's already and covered, isn't it? Like discrimination in the workplace for religion or sexuality, you, you can't not be hired because of that. You can't no, not sexu- be hired yeah. in Texas yeah. for being in gay. Over half of the state's sexuality, you can legally be well, hired I'm, for I've had four jobs and every job that I've had, there's a clause well, that tells you, and here in Texas, there's a clause that says that you cannot be discriminated. Probably depends on the company have, yeah, too. Yeah. Probably, but I mean, there are some steps. I mean, I understand they should be made, it should be probably in the Constitution of the United States that you cannot be discriminated against sexuality. That would be a really good step. Yeah. Well, you gotta remember, um, in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and all this, that, I mean, 
homosexuality wasn't a was I, I don't think the framers were thinking yeah. of homosexuality at the time is now that it's becoming pertinent and it's true i'd I'd like to go back and see what states what companies have you know some of these rules in place to to see and tackle the issue yeah really oh i was trying to to remember what i said um what i was thinking about saying but to tie what philippa and brandon said together um I've lost my train of thought, and this really bothers me. <laughs> it's okay. We're just, we're just having I, a discussion. I just had it in my head, and I was like, I'm going to tie this together. It's going to be great. And <laughs> but I, I will say this. I want to go back to Brandon's point. I do think, you're. yes, you're right. There's definitely a fine line. But I think. Oh, I remember now. Okay. She's got it. She's got it. She's got Sorry. it. Definitely legalizing same-sex marriage um, will definitely open the door for... Um, and this is actually another worry about people. It'll definitely redefine what is normal in a family. Right. Um, this is something people are are worried about. I did hear this argument. I'm like, oh, I never thought about this. This could open the door for a polyamorous marriage mm-hmm. or a a um, any other kind of what we might. I'm putting this in air quotes. Non traditional marriage. So it definitely would redefine marriage as not just between a biological male and a biological female. Um, so yeah, just to tie it together, it we can't cater to normality necessarily. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's the easiest thing to do sometimes. Be like, oh, we'll just go to your level. We'll stoop to your level. Hate to say it, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so it definitely would redefine normal. Yeah, I, and um, I saying it wouldn't would be something of a lie. And I definitely do think that there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with Brandon because I think if you look out through history, yes, you have to be careful in how you define normal. Mm-hmm. I think normal is just the best word we can use at this time. Yeah. I think you do try to redefine it. But I do think it's an important aspect to what's going on in, in life right now is that you do look at communities and you do say, hey, what's normal right now? Mm-hmm. Um, not so much. I think that's more on a personal level mm-hmm. of what I feel like what Brandon's saying. You can correct me if I'm wrong, too. I just feel like that, to me that's more on a personal level. But I'm thinking about more in the general. What's what's normal right now? In the, in, in the workplace or what's normal right now in families with health care, taxes, military. Mm-hmm. Remember, no, don't ask, don't tell is no longer a policy now. So if you're if you're openly gay, you can serve now and it doesn't have to be a secretive thing. So I think things are starting to become in place that's starting to become normal, become part of the norm, and it's being redefined. I think that was a perfect word of using it. So definitely, you know, you have to you have to find a, a, a fine line with it. And civil rights is going to be a big issue. The other big thing I want to talk about with civil rights real quick is gay civil rights and then you have your racial civil rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my household it's a big topic back home, you know, with some of my friends and family. <laughs> it is a huge topic. Um, you know, I, I, think there's, I think there's a huge difference in, in some things. And then you do see the similarities, but in my opinion, and you guys definitely are gonna have fun with this. I just, I, I just don't think it should be compared. I, I don't think it shouldn't be compared. I don't think. I think gay rights is a separate issue than racial civil rights. I just, but they do tie in together mm-hmm. within you, the community. You can draw parallels without saying that they're the same. Yeah, I was just about to say there's a difference between comparing something and equating something. We're not going to, you know, as a black gay person, I'm not going to equate the gay civil rights to black civil rights because, like I said, they're to- two totally different things. But like Philippa was about to say, you know, when there exists parallels, then it's okay to compare them. Like, oh, this is similar to how black people were discriminated against. But we're not equating, like, oh my gosh, black people, I mean, gay people not being able to get married is just like black people getting lynched. Like, no one's equating the two. But, you know, discrimination is discrimination. I, I think what is really similar between both of them is that it's a group of human beings trying to be treated equally. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go and treated equally. I think I personally think that's the only parallel. Uh, they're both fighting hate crimes. Uh, they're also both, um, there, there was a struggle um, in black civil rights to have you know, workplace equality, just like there is in gay civil rights. Uh, it used to be illegal for inter- interracial marriages to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're fighting for gay marriages or non-heterosexual marriages to happen. Uh, in addition 
um, the Bible has actually been used to be to, to justify discrimination of both mm-hmm. uh, blacks and gay people. Um, historically, people have thought that the Bible said that it was okay to have slaves. Have slaves. They have used the Bible as justification to say that black people, people are Bible somehow less. For a lot of things. Yeah. Right. And, but I feel like there there are these parallels, and they are very different. But you. You know, there were lynchings of black people, and there are beatings of gay people. And, and they, there are these parallels, um, but no, they are, they are not the same. Mm-hmm. They do not need to be lumped together, but you can kind of notice that there are these similarities between the struggles. And I think this ties into intersectionality. I don't know if we're yeah, gonna talk about this later on, but um, while the two are separate issues, on an individual by individual basis, they, um, if you were, if we were, if we're, I'm just going to be super basic, um, cause there are much more specific, uh, examples. If you are a black homosexual, your struggle is not the same as a white homosexual. Yes, you are both gay, but you have that, you cannot separate your, your, your blackness from your gayness. You, you can't separate that. Those are both issues that are a fundamental part of who you are. And I, so intersectionality does play a lot into this. Um, you can't separate the two, but you have to recognize that for even within both communities, that is a struggle that they, that's a double struggle they have to yeah. face, triple struggle, quadruple struggle, depending on whatever marginalized group they are a part of. So I definitely don't, I, I, I see the comparisons, but I think each movement has its own, I mean, I just, I just can't think I mean, obviously, our community has suffered, but I don't think the suffering can be compared to what black people have suffered. Yeah. Yes, we the times are different. We we are all free to an extent, quote unquote, because there's still a lot our community has to fight for. But I think that the struggle cannot be compared to what black people went through and to what we are going through. And not just that, black yeah. people, but. Every, every marginalized any, any group. person right. of color, uh, yeah. even like Japanese people in World War II, right? World right? War II, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so bad it got you know mm-hmm. compensated. I mean, you know, numerous, our American government has to compensate numerous. them for uh, stuff like that. I can't list I mean, the examples right now, but and any I, marginalized group has had their own terrible struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that <laughs> it. We say parallel and compare. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fine line between those two words as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people look at parallel and think it's comparing. It's not. And, and a lot of people look at comparing and it's like it's parallel. I just think in this country's history, for, for instance, and, and, you know, it is marginalized. And I guess it's because I'm speaking from a black background. But for Hispanics as well, uh, even even the Japanese when they're here during World War II and stuff like that, it's, it's a hard thing for me sometimes to look at it and even try to find the parallels. Because, like you said, you know, g- gays get beat. I just, even that, I can't but, compare it to, yeah. to slavery. I ju- and I can't even find the parallel because I'm just in the mindset of if I look at this stuff, our country went to a war because of this. Yeah, and and, and that and that's why even the parallel for me, even the parallel for me, it's hard for me to find. You know, it's hard for me to find. But I do, but I do see your point though. I do get it because it's true. You know, getting beat, getting lynched. That is a you know. Um, Brutal acts of violence. Right. Brutal acts of violence. You know, I, I see that. I see the, you know, equality in the workplace. But I mean, there's sometimes no, for there's me, no it's just hard. for the slavery yeah. that the African-American community has faced in its history. There, there really isn't a parallel to that. Um, just the systematic enslavement of a, an entire group group of people just based on their race. Which has happened to multiple ethnicities and it, races it has. throughout uh, history. Uh, the Chinese. Usually at the hands of white people. It, yeah. Most, <laughs> yes. Almost entirely. Um, I mean, a lot of people uh, have had slavery struggles and uh, no, the gay population hasn't, as a whole, been you know, systematically enslaved. Uh, but 
they're and again they are they are separate things and they are not of equal magnitude um, but in Russia they're using police and vigilantes yeah. to just systematically beat and kill even gay people yeah. no that is nothing like slavery they are very 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 different things of very different magnitudes but there are definitely struggles and mm-hmm. you can find and this is speaking more to like the modern civil rights movement I think that's I, yeah that's what I was about to say different age different modern. time too it's, I guess yeah. it's just a it's moderate a new, a new way, yeah that has been honestly the um you don't hear it about a lot in the textbooks. You don't hear about a lot of struggles in the textbooks. <laughs> Yay, American school system. But um, this is definitely a struggle that has gone on for a long time. It just hadn't been brought to the forefront. Um, people of color, their their community struggles, which is still going on, people who say it isn't are don't know what they're talking about. But those struggles were brought to the foreground earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think... Definitely, you can't compare the two, but it is—it's just—it's just a more modern issue, which is why people probably pay more attention to it. It's something that people finally come out and be like, "Hey, so this has been happening to me for for a couple <laughs> centuries now, and if if they can do it, can I can I give it a go too? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but." So yeah, I have equality too. Like, <laughs> is this an option? Yeah, and no, and that even brings us to the next topic: is people of color in the community. Um, you oh, know, boy. that's you know, you get into civil rights, and then you talk about actually, you know, how Latinos are getting treated in the community, how blacks are getting treated in the community, how Asians are getting treated in the community, and how I feel like civil rights kind of parallels into or, comp- or yeah parallels into people of color in the community how maybe there's a struggle for a black gay guy um you know i'm a black straight guy and i'll tell you this uh and brandon brandon knows this you know especially in the black community to be gay is not i mean it's it's not cute it's not good you know as well i mean if you look at most black males what are we doing playing sports we're acting we're singing we're doing things that I guess are testosterone driven. Singing. Uh, well, I mean, come on, Usher, Usher, not you know Brian McKnight. I can think of a lot of I can think of a lot of black yeah. male singers that more traditional or more traditional. I'm I'm just thinking of I'm just thinking of the black community. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to because I I think sometimes testosterone driven is supposed to be like macho and all this other stuff. I don't agree with that at all. I think testosterone driven is when you see males being successful in their respective field and you're seeing a lot of men drive towards that because in the black community you see a lot of black singers see a lot of black actors i mean the athletes clearly um but you don't see a lot of black dancers yes you do like who have you seen people's tours (laughs) they're filled with black gay men dancing like that's see but that's what i'm saying though is that you said filled with what black Okay. Gay. Okay. So, well, see, see, supposedly but, gay. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying okay, that. But, but, that's, but that's, that's what I'm generalizing. Yeah. But, but that's yes. a generalization. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I support it. No, no, no. no I'm not supporting it. I'm just saying in the, the, that's how it's thought of. So, um, so just speaking from experience, and I know, Brandon, you know, you were talking about your family and uh, how, you know, one side of the family took it and the other side, you know, as much didn't take it as well. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to hear you guys' opinion on what you think is being portrayed in the gay community, especially when it comes to people of color? Um, do you all want to go first? Oh. I just want to start off saying that <laughs> for those who think we're just in our happy little queer community, we all yeah. get along, we're just fighting the heterosexuals, no, no. There, mm. is, there is conflict within that community. Mm. There is that the, the racism, the ableism, the, any kind of ism you can think of that's brought over from the out the outside world as I've come to think of it sadly yeah. that is brought into our community and it reflects um, you know the the only example I feel like I can talk about is is like fetishes yes. you know that carries over <clears throat> um, things things like finding one person more attractive than the other because they they fit the stereotypical skinny white girl trope you know yeah. that's that's the only things I feel like I can discuss mm-hmm. but it is there and it is uh, it, it needs to be dealt with because for any movement to go forward and have success, it needs to be intersectional, across classes, across races, across genders, um, gender identities. So go for mm-hmm. it. 
Do you have something to say? Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Brianna t- touched on it a lot, you know, with the intersectionality of stuff <clears throat> and, you know, how you're double, doubly affected, you know, by being black or gay. And, you know, when you actually look at the statistics, you know, black transgendered women are actually the most uh, victimized group of people in the country. Absolutely. You know, you have misogyny, racism, and uh, homophobia slash transphobia playing a part in that. <clears throat> so you see, you know, intersectionality creates these dangerous dynamics for specific groups of people. Um, and people of color in the community, Brianna touched on it again, you know, t- fetishizing, you know, fetishizing things about black men, stuff like that. Black um, women. Mm-hmm, black women. <clears throat> Spe- as, you know, especially, Trans you know, people. in a sexual kind of way. Like, I know Asians generally get the short end of the stick in the gay male community because they're seen as, you know, passive and submissive and that's not really a kind of attractive thing to a lot of people so I, I know that okay Cupid okay released a study where they were showing uh, people's you know perceptions about race on these dating websites and they showed that you know white gay men were like way more likely to like include stuff on their profile like oh no no Asians no blacks stuff like this and they were less likely to respond to people who weren't other white gay men, well, other white men. <clears throat> so that that's a big, you know, you see that a lot with, you know, dating websites and stuff like that. So people of color, and then not to even further mention, you know, media representation, I know we're gonna talk about that later, but the big groups like HRC and uh, GLAAD, they kind of skewed to this like white centric kind of thing like, oh, you know, you, you're talking about looking, you know, all these gay media things, and it's just like, you know, oh my gosh, everyone who's gay happens to be white. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know there are no gay black people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just always white faces, and mm-hmm. and when you look at HIV rates and stuff like that, where a vast, vast majority of them are black gay men, but then you look on TV and it's like, oh, white gay men, okay. Like you're you feel like, invisible. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's erasure. Like you're just completely yeah. erasure. erasing the the people of color mm-hmm. from all. I say all gay representation. It's not a lot, but what gay representation there is yeah. is very whitewashed. And go very to white here's a little here's a little fun fact for you listeners. Go to Netflix. Go to um any <laughs> the, the gay lesbians. Especially on like on like the lesbian section, it's like white lesbian couple, 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 all yeah. cisgender too probably, and they're all pretty attractive. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, there is way more variety yeah. out there, guys. <laughs> it's not yeah. just the kids are all right. Do you think that it's it's <laughs> it's it's like in the straight community? And and follow me here is that. Even in the gay community, you're trying to show this clean, you know, image of, hey, you know, we can be marketable too, but we're only going to show you the white faces and the most acceptable of the gay. Yeah, that's how how feminism started. It was white White women. White feminism. White upper middle upper, upper, upper middle class. Upper middle class, right. Yeah. And, you know, feminism has moved. To be, <laughs> I mean, it is moved to being so very not us in the gay community. But it was the heterosexuals uh, that did it. Yeah. But it, it usually kind of starts off that way. It's yeah. the people who've got a little bit more privilege mm-hmm. saying a little bit more, a lot more privilege <laughs> saying, um, "Well, we're gay. I mean, we're white and we're gay. Like, don't we deserve something?" And yeah. then it kind it's of trickle trickles down. down. Yeah. Yeah. It trickles down go. like. Yeah, Took we're black and we're gay. Don't we get something to like? Yeah. It, all, it all just kind of trickles. <laughs> but I mean, there's. It's almost like when you first start getting representation out there. Um, okay, let's say feminism, and then also in the, the whole LGBT thing, it starts off with white people because that's very non-threatening, and you want to appear as non-threatening as possible Impossible. because you're threatening people's preconceived notions about everything Mm -hmm. so you want to be non-threatening which often leads to the complete erasure of black identity within multiple groups people of color identity in general and any kind of um anybody that falls in between 
totally gay, totally straight, all these marginal, right. marginalized groups. I like yeah. to view intersectionality, like, think of the entire uh, GSM, LGBT, queer struggle as like one big mirror, right? And that's everybody in there. Now you're gonna take that mirror and just shatter it. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna try and put all the pieces back together and reflect it up to the world. But you, have, you still see the cracks in there. You still right. see like, there's all these different groups within that within the group and you have to recognize each individual crack is such a negative term but you know like you have to recognize each individual piece of that mirror pieces we're all pieces <laughs> and one big beautiful mirror and we can see the world for what it really is mm-hmm. so yeah representation isn't it let's think of uh, the two popular examples that i can think of people are like Oh, this is great representation. I'm like, yeah, it's better than what we had, but mm-hmm. there's there. I still see problems with it. It's I think of the L word and Modern Family. Yeah. No. 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 Like it's that's not that's everything. Great. The dandy on the other side. Uh. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. And like the L word, you know, they have their token black woman, of course. Um, but even then, like there's 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 they're sexualized within Modern Family, and they're all white. Mm-hmm. They're all upper class, all middle upper class. You know, and it's, there's so much room for improvement as far as yeah. representation in the media, um, not just on television or in movies, but in, in books and the news. I think going back to what you said about the pieces, like before people are, and that goes for every, not just LGBT communities, but any community Absolutely. in general, in order for us to be portrayed as a whole, not only whitewashed community, we have to get ourselves together first. And I think we still have a lot of work to do in that mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm, I'm Latino and I'm gay. And in my community, that's still today, like it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's still a big deal. In my house, not so much because my family is my family very blessed but in other friends of mine that i've seen that are latino and gay that actually live in mexico that is a whole different story it's it's getting better okay okay. it's getting better quote unquote but it's (laughs) it's nowhere where it needs to be even for me to socialize with other latino heterosexual men Mm -hmm. it's still very uncomfortable at times because they still see homosexuality as threatening towards them mm-hmm. and and then they watch tv and they see like the people can actually be friends but then like how do you translate that into a community that has nothing to do with a white community yeah like, absolutely you, that's not me that i see so yeah. why should i listen to it and so then what do i do or what do a lot of people do they try to be like the people on tv <laughs> because they get accepted but then it doesn't fit into your community so then what do you do so I think that in order for that to happen, it need, we need to get ourselves together and put the pieces back together as to where we reflect back. It's something that needs to be done on both ends, you know? Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of it's not, we need to get ourselves together, but also there needs to be, I mean, I guess we can do the most work here yeah. because we mm-hmm. understand it the most and we're aware of why we need to get ourselves together, but it needs to come from both ends on recognition. And I think it a lot comes from the community that you were raised in. Yeah, like, absolutely. I cannot I cannot change the mind of the Hispanic culture. I cannot change the whole culture. Mm-hmm. I can do my best to help them understand and be educated. And thankfully, my family and people close to me have done that. They understand. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of the very few lucky people that get to do that with absolutely. their family. And not only in the Latino community. You guys, you know, you know, there's always a, there's a f- fascinating question and phenomenon that I think is going on right now <clears> is, you know, does society reflect media or does the media reflect society? Good and, question. And, and that's, that's <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's... Who runs the media? That's the question. It, that's true, too. <laughs> so, like, it, in, that, in that case, because you're talking about, you know, I, I took something from what you said is that your friends see what's on TV, but then, you know, they see that, okay, it can happen, but, you know, how do you put it that, how do you translate that into your culture or whatever? Mm-hmm. So you think the media plays a big part in what the gay, and well... I know it's going to sound like a dumb question, but I, it's I two know. parts. Yeah, yeah. Even the media plays a big part in how the gay community is perceived, one. And do you think the gay community tries to take what the media says about the gay community and try to use it in everyday life? Absolutely. I think it goes both ways. It's, um, it's a back and forth thing. Like yeah, you, you, it's so It's so obvious. Like just, I mean... If you go back to television, I don't know, I can think of Sex and the City. Yeah. There's 
two gay characters that are prominent and they don't there's not much about them mm-hmm. they're just the accessory gay friend yeah. that the they token gay that people. they go drink out mm-hmm. cosmos with yeah flash forward to 2014 you have a, a show that is about gay people like i think i don't know i just think that media like it it trickles down and then it trickles up from our so, community. So it's, a, so it's almost like a roller coaster. You know, yeah. you once get up, then you come back down, and you get back up, and come back. And it's and it's almost like, but it's almost like a roller coaster that keeps meeting each other and then passes. It was terrifying different. roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're on. I was the, on a roller coaster like that once, and I almost died. Yeah. So it's more like bumper cars. In a metaphorical way. Bumper cars too. Yeah, because sometimes the collisions and they come back. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's fascinating to me because you know I I I think of uh, sports. Um, that's the biggest one. I think celebrities, movies, and TVs is fascinating. And I'm not just doing that because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm knowledgeable about sports. But sports I, <laughs> yeah. but I think in sports, it's, it's the most fascinating to me because I think there's a huge upside and there's a huge downside. I think, you know, we started the downsides that you go in a locker room uh, and you're trying to figure out, okay, my teammate's gay. I might have to get undressed. I might have to take a shower with this guy or whatever, and things in your mind are going or whatever. That's a stereotype you've been fed of the predatory Exactly, of, of how, you know, but in all reality, that's not how it works at all. Because no. even if, you, if you're in the locker room, like, you know, I don't know if any of y'all have been in it or whatever, but if you've been in a locker room, especially (laughs) male locker rooms, some of the stuff that straight boys do, you questioning more than what, of what, what you know, and so that's why it's so interesting to me sometimes when I hear straight males say, well, you know, if that gay guy looks at me funny in the locker room, I might have a problem. And I'm like, I've seen your genitalia. It did not bother me. You know, We've we've been you know we're, we're in the locker room cutting up doing what I think is just ridiculous things and there's no we could compare you know but I, I guess you know the predator mentality is what a lot of people are fixate, yeah. fixated on and and it's and it's it's wrong it, it shouldn't happen but then I look at the big upside you know I see Michael Sam uh, coming out before which I think you know I, and that's another thing we can hit on too is that he did it before. The draft happened, yeah. and I give him a Go lot of credit him. for that because yeah. he he instantly could have you know what kept quiet, got drafted as high as possible, and then come out later. But he was like, you know what, if they're gonna draft me, they're gonna draft me for who I am, you know. Yeah. And I and I and I really applaud that. But also, you know, you, the upside too is the money aspect is what I think of. Uh, yeah. You get a lot of endorsements. Uh, all of a sudden, a lot of people out of the world works like, well, you know what? We can use him to sell him, which I think could be a downside too, in a way, the because because person. yeah, because I think yeah. you're looking at the gay person or whatever. But I'm just looking at it as from like, hey, everyone's equal in this in this aspect, which isn't always easy <clears> to do, but sometimes you have to. And I, you know, you look at it and you get a lot more money because when he did this, a lot of people started calling him and said, hey, you want to be the spokesperson for this? Be the spokesperson for that for Jason Collins. So. I think for sports in itself, I just look at that as its own little niche, and I'm like, man, that is a slippery slope, but I think it's getting better, and I think it's Especially being male more acceptable. sports, that's something that, because I feel like in, in women's sports, lesbianism, it's, it's yeah. been yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> all stereotypes aside, uh, <laughs> there are, there's definitely a lot more uh, queer people in women's sports. We seem um, to be... The first female women, women, on, women on whole are generally just a little bit more comfortable with the whole gay thing. Yeah. Like really, they are, um, which is why at least within sport. Which is why when Michael Sam comes out before he gets drafted, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, what?" But then you look at the U.S. women's soccer team, and there's like <laughs> three lesbians. One of my favorite players, uh, Megan Rapino. She's oh, she's yeah. a lesbian. I, she's one of my and favorite that players. Gets back to everybody's going, "Well, yeah, duh." Yeah, you know that goes back to what we talked about the oh, first time. Okay. Brittany Griner, when she came out, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not funny, but it's just you know she came out. She said her coach at Baylor, Kim Mulkey told her not to say anything. Now, it, you know, she she went to Baylor, so that's yeah. another whole, the Christian mentality, like, you know, all that. But her, her coach told her not to say anything. And then she comes out and says, you know, I'm a, I'm a lesbian. And it was just kind of like, I hate to be that person, but it was like, 
I mean, we we knew, like you know, and it, it, it's it, it just it sucks for women because I think even in that, it's just like if a woman comes out, they play sports, and you're just like, hey, I'm a lesbian. It's like, oh, you know, you, and you, that you don't assumption know how to read. Too. Yeah, stereotypes. Ugh. Yeah, Shake you don't want to be insensitive, man. but it's just like whatever. But if a male does it, I mean, it's a huge deal. And it's funny because I tell you all the time, I'm pre- I played with some gay, you know, playing high school basketball, you play with some gay guys playing football you put you know who the gay guys is in sports you know if you play if you play all i care is can we please win a damn game that's exactly. all I, that's all i really care about if you can just help us win a game i don't care if you're gay straight you're from the moon peak purple and just i just want to win ball games you know and i think i think that gets lost as well i think too sports kind of gets an unfair shake i think male athletes get an unfair shake because i think sometimes truly a lot of male athletes do Say, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't care as long as, you know, we win. You know, and then, you, of course, you have the couple of knuckleheads that are like, well, he might see me in the shower or, know. you know, he <laughs> might, you know, while we're playing basketball, he might try to grab me inappropriately. It's like, really? Eh, you know, mm-hmm. but. I, I, I just think that um, sports was the last kind of the entertainment last, yeah, last yeah. part that needed to open because, I mean, actors, actresses, singers have been coming out since. I mean, starting by Ellen DeGeneres, the most prominent one that I can think of right now. And before them, but yeah, yeah like and before them, the but big she one. was yeah. the big one. They've been coming out <laughs> since, you know, a long time. Mm-hmm. But sports, like, I think it's a great. I, I, I mean, I was very, very pleased when I read that because, I mean, it's it takes he, he, it takes it's in a sport that is heterosexual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dominated like, oh yeah to, very aggressively so. yeah. without a yeah. doubt and this is a collision sport I mean these are yeah. macho men this is, this is the one arena other than boxing and UFC yeah. that you can hit the crap out of someone and not get arrested for it I mean, think about it. I mean, this is this is purposely driven Rugby. with the mindset Just of... Just try to avoid pits to the head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, but this is, you know... this Don't grab their helmet. They're going to do it, you know, much. whatever. And what was interesting yeah. about Michael Sam, too, was that he actually came out to his teammates... Yeah. Before, before his senior year, which I thought was really cool because you saw all of his teammates. Now, one team I think came out and was like, yeah, we were really discouraged by it. I know some of them came out and was like, you know, yeah, we've known. We, like, we wanted you to come out to us. You know, you're very encouraging. And so I do think that, you know, there is more of an accepting behavior to it. And I think a lot of people will get more accustomed to it. And I, I even want to talk about, like, we, you talked about Hollywood. Hollywood's another big thing. As much as I love talking about sports, we talk, talk about Hollywood. Well, sports is like the last frontier. I guess. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like, there's still a lot of places to go, um, but especially male sports. Like we were talking about in the first podcast, homosexuality and queerness violates, yeah. totally violates those those hyper-masculine heterosexual norms, and it freaks people out for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. But in Ho- but for, for me in Hollywood, I kind of want to get – your perspective on this because I felt like in Hollywood and this ties in with privilege as well mm-hmm. I think if you're in Hollywood and you come out it's easier for you oh, yes. because you have a bigger platform you have your fans you have those that say okay we knew already and I think those things are easier for you because I think in Hollywood I think the biggest misconception is in Hollywood from my perspective because I think the Ellen DeGeneres of the world um uh, Ellen Jones came out in a time when it was not early, early 1990s. It was 97. It was 97, 97, and she did it on her show. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And then during an episode, yeah, she, yeah. she just yeah. disappeared. Yeah. She kind of disappeared. She went into hiding yeah. because she was getting a lot of yeah. negative feedback. But I feel like when Ellen Page came out, I don't feel like she suffered. At any all. <laughs> amount of negative con- consequence that is like per se noticeable or significant compared to there's Ellen the DeGeneres. usual you know especially like when Raven Simone came out people were like oh that just ruined that so Raven for me I'm like well that's great I still <laughs> that's, like, so Raven, that's so great but that's like, so Raven was still a very progressive show for its yeah. time actually but even like Neil Patrick Harris and some of these guys you know I think sometimes it you know I think the way they get celebrated sometimes is unfair because well personally I don't know what they're going through to be uh-huh. fair yeah. to them but I think sometimes you know they get celebrated it's like man i got some friends here that you know i wish they were on tv so that way they wouldn't have to feel like they have to hide you know or they don't have to do whatever because i think hollywood puts a a nice little spin 
on on certain things in in my opinion and they profit off it I, too. I, I think hollywood kind of protects the gay community the gay community that they uh-huh. have they put this kind of like silver screen like to, bubble, to, yeah. to be to <laughs> be ironic around their gay <laughs> actors i mean there's a gilded frame around every yes. gay yeah. actor out there and i mean we all i mean we're not i'm not gonna lie every gay actor that i know you look up to them but if you saw them like if you were a gay actor I, it wouldn't be the same impact and let's be honest it wouldn't be the same impact as if you were on a regular person yeah. and i hate to use that term because they are regular people they just have jobs that pay a lot person who yeah. was who was not employed as an actor i don't think <laughs> yeah. in hollywood is kind of i agree it is unfair to have that platform and be able to reach a wider range of supporters as to when you're a non-famous person, just a regular person, you can only reach so much might support. might be an entirely different community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it is fair to say that Hollywood... Hollywood is more accepting in like the general sense, but I think when you look at the audiences specifically, like especially for a gay male, when you come out, you know, it's like, okay, good, thank you, you came out, but sorry, you're gonna have to say bye-bye to, you know, you playing Superman or you playing, you know, this yeah, woman's husband. Masculine <clears throat> yeah, because then the audience is gonna be like, okay, we know he's gay, we can't believe that he's married to this woman, whereas I, you have straight actors who play gay and then they get, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's the best performance ever. I hate to disagree Dad, with I agree you. with I agree, but I'm with Ernest on this, because I know where he's going. You watch White Collar? Yes. Matt Bomber, he's yeah, gay, he's so but um, man, Daniel he Patrick. plays it. I'm like, man, I was, I was like, Matt Bomber. Yeah, like these Bomber. are like the the poster tells, you know, Neil Patrick Harris and Matt Bomber. But when you look at that guy from what's that, Will and Grace, he ain't playing nobody's husband. He's just gonna be, you know, the gay friend for well, Will and Grace. Do you know who Zachary Quinto is? I do. He's very he cute. plays a psycho, mom obsessed yeah. doctor in American Horror Story, and he is gay. Like he, everyone yeah, knows he's true. gay. He, and, well, he was gay in the first season, though. Yeah, he was, but, I mean... I hope they bring him back for the fourth season. He is no, coming I back, by the way. He but, is? Okay. <laughs> Yay! I love but, him. I mean, I mean, it, 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 I, plug. I, think it is un, I think it is unfair to generalize right now that people are not getting jobs because they're being gay. Mm-hmm. In Hollywood, like, yeah. I, I just think... They're actors. They live to play different roles. Yeah. roles. That's true, but I was... Because I frequent a lot of... As I said, when we were doing the black perspective, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a lot of gay blogs yeah. and stuff like that. And they have, you know, they always have these articles about, you know, out gay actors or people who are still in the closet who talk about how their PR people are telling them, okay, you can't come out because then you're going to lose this, you're going to lose this, you can't play this, you can't do this. And these are people who are still in the closet or people who have come out and say, okay, this is how me coming out have, has negative negatively impacted my career. So, you know, when you talk about Zachary Quinto or uh, Matt Barmer, <laughs> um, you know, those are like the poster shots. You know, that's nice. That's cute for them. But in the grand scheme, I don't think that that's really a reality. They're also for a lot of originally well received actors, weren't they? I don't. I don't know much about mm-hmm. those uh, two. I mean, they're Matt Bomber and Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Or I, I mean, because I know with Ellen Page, she already did. She she wasn't exactly a mainstream actress. She still did a lot of. I mean, she's the stereotypical quirky yeah. female character. I Juno. think. Juno, yeah. Whip It, I love Whip It. Matt Bomber, I can't remember yeah. anything he did before he did yeah. White Collar. Okay. I, I and think he, he, long and he, like he came out after his success on yeah, White he came Collar. Out after so. Yeah, he could, I mean, they well could have, but they could have killed him. I mean, they, they there's so many things that they can do true, when you come out. Yeah. They Patrick always Harris come out too. during or after, like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm obsessed yeah. now. Okay, I'm gay. Then it's like, okay, we already see you this way, so that's okay. Because I know specifically with Matt Bomber, he appeared a lot of times on that gay blog I frequent. And he was, you know, he was at something with his husband, but at the time he wasn't out yet and he won an award and he just like, instead of, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is my husband. He didn't thank him. He just like gave him a high five and then like, oh yeah. Like they're like, who's this guy? Because he was still in the closet. closet. It took him, you know, to get that success to be like, okay, I guess it's my time now. I'm gay. And then people are like, oh, we already like you. I guess we're okay with that. But then don't we all go through that? As part of LGBT, don't you want to feel comfortable before you actually come out to the peers yeah, around you? Yeah, and that's, that's sadly true. the state of things. And, I mean, I and the people and, kind of come and, out like the minute you see them. Oh, well, I know, but I mean to actually but get yourself to yeah. to be comfortable with yourself and be like, but he was already you're never married, comfortable so enough like, in a situation. Okay, you're out. comfortable enough to get married to this other guy, so it's kind of like I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that is true, but it's like, uh, like we shouldn't applaud Hollywood is just I mean yeah it's a great thing but it's just not as what it seems I think a lot of the 
conceptions people have about it. Yeah, and there's still um, underrepresentation, or still some milestones as far as um, uh, queer, transgender, GSM actors yeah. and actresses coming out. I mean, I can instantly think of uh, Janet Mock and Laverne Cox. Mm-hmm. I mean, several years ago, that might have been abhorred yeah. for those women to come out and now as they're openly trans women, and now they're they're quite successful. I mean, that's that's definitely progress, but it's it still shows that we have a ways to go as far as treatment of, cause yeah, like Matt Bomber, Ellen Page, attractive white people. But we we, we can't deny that they help. (laughs) I mean, it helps having people. Yeah, it's better than we had before, but like we're saying, we still have a ways to go. We're never happy. I I mean, I think that's what the civil rights movement is. Like, it never ends. For anything. We'll never be happy until (laughs) we actually get what we're supposed to get. (laughs) (laughs) So, settle for nothing. But I mean, the civil rights movement um, for black people has been, or any person of color, has been happening for many, many, many years. Centuries. And there is still not equality there. Yeah. So, we could talk about a marginalized and oppressed groups in the media all day long. (laughs) (laughs) But But I think it's amazing that we actually have Laverne Cox, who is a trans woman of color. Playing a trans woman of color. Because normally they just get guys to play trans women. Or cis women. They look like drag queens or something. Right. Or sometimes they actually get um, cisgendered women to play trans women. And, you know, like, that's better than just having a, a male-identified or person. Or not being there at all. Right. But. but at the same time, it's so refreshing yeah. to see a trans woman of color um, actually being played by a trans woman of color because... And in a prominent role. Right. Because yeah. Sophia's character is a, you know, while Sally, it's not, I guess not Sally, while it's not the main character, it's, it's not just like a little, like, Boop, yeah. show up every now and then like you know you know about Sophia mm-hmm. you know? and honestly there is great representation in that show you you know you have your white straight people you have your white gay people you have black straight people and you have black Sorry, gay Laura people Pre-Pon. and you have oh. transgendered individuals and that is amazing they are that's th- I, I believe that that show is a stepping stone. This show is Orange is the New Black, in yeah. case oh, no yes. one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. Was like, it's on people, Netflix, guys. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Season 2 starts during the summer. Uh, June, 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 yeah, June 9, June 6, something like that. It's so. not like I know the exact day or anything. This is, uh, I know how I'm going to waste my summer. <laughs> I know how I'm going to waste the first day of my summer. This has been a great, great discussion. You guys have any final thoughts before, before we close it now? Um, I guess back to the mirror thing. Never look at it as like just one big generic struggle. There is so much complexity to it, especially when it gets to issues like just whitewashing mm-hmm. things. Like you've got to respect these different pieces for what they are, and don't try and conform them to what you think is your idealized standard. You have to respect that. You know, you are a lesbian Chicana. You are a black transgender person you are you are this you are that you have to respect that there are these marginalized groups and you can't just erase them yeah. within the media out out of the media etc there's many pieces to the puzzle there's many fragments of the mirror um, that create the struggle mm-hmm. that was intense that last night sorry <laughs> and uh, back to the whole civil rights thing um, for people of color civil rights movement has been a very long hard road uh, for queer people uh, the civil rights movement um, it, it hasn't it it may not be of equal magnitude um, you can draw some parallels there they are not the same but they both reserve or they both deserve respect um, as, as struggles um, as separate struggles and as very different struggles and sometimes intersecting struggles. And as yeah. intersecting struggles. Yeah. Depending on individual and individual. I guess 
my main focus is media. You know, how you asked if we make media or media makes us, and I think that we have to understand that as a community, LGBT community or heterosexual community, that we have to understand and educate ourselves to create media and not mm-hmm. be created by media. Amen. I think I think Very that good. that is the most important thing that we have to learn and generations below us have to understand because they're being guided by media. So they have to understand and we have to understand that we create we can create media or destroy it. Mm-hmm. So if we don't like stereotypes that media create, we create our own identities and not follow the ones that we are told to be. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And hold them accountable. <clears throat> and I just want to say, uh, if you want a more in-depth look at people of color in the LGBT community, you can check out my article in the University Star coming out this Thursday. Yes, go for it. I heard bits and pieces. And there's a lot of websites you can go to as mm-hmm. well that'll, that'll really kind of open your mind to the complexity of the struggle. Just educate yourself. Just Yeah, absolutely yeah. educate yourself. What a great plug, Brandon. Thank you. I'm That's not right. mad at you. Can't hate the plug. You did uh, call him a top columnist last <laughs> yeah, time. I did. Yeah. I did. So yeah, I did give you. So hold <laughs> yourself accountable for your Got to his head a little bit. Yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, I said last week, is just education. You know, just educating yourself, asking the right questions, and being able to be in an open format like this and, and discuss topics. Next week, we're going to talk about a variety of sexual and gender identity, gender roles, lesbian, uh, fetishization. Ooh, that was Ooh. bad. Uh, versus gay, <laughs> demonization. Fetishization, I think and then, what it is. And then fashion. Know. Yeah, I think it's what you we, said. we have fetishes. trouble saying that. What word. you said. That, that is. fetishes. Fetishes. There we go. Why didn't I think of that? Because fetishes. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a more grammatically correct word, but we're like, yeah. forget that. Ugh. Fetishizing? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> up next, we'll try to pronounce fetishization. <laughs> that is coming up in our next episode. <laughs> right. That you can find on iTunes, Tune SoundCloud. In. Or at universitystar.com. So I'm just getting all these plugs in. Uh, <laughs> uh, also watch uh, Orange is a New Black because it's a new stepping stone. It's on Netflix, guys. It's I think we got. We're doing a lot of PR, guys. I wish you would. For Ernest, Brandon, Brianna, and Philippa, I'm your host, Otis Evagaro, and that is it for Community of Culture, the Gay Perspective. And like I always say, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.